Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Eight Figures. This is AJ, the journeyman entrepreneur, with another Beyond Eight Figure episode for you. On the show, we talk with top entrepreneurs about the realities of building an eight-figure business, what success really means to them, and hear from them about some of their winning strategies and tactics. Tune in to each episode to learn how to grow your business beyond 10 million, and more importantly, create your own personal legacy. Hey, everyone. How are you doing today? I know it's been a bit, but all of us need vacations and I really needed one. So let's get into it. Time is freedom, a lot of people say. And I know it's never time, never freedom for me. I always feel like I don't have any understanding of how to use my own time properly. So it's been a bit of a theme with some of our guests over the past episodes. Today, we're going to dive a little bit deeper. Previously, we've spoken about how using your business as a tool rather than an end of itself gives you more meaning and more structure to using your time with Natalie of Wildbit. With Stephanie of We Are Rosie, we spoke about how the future of work is being more flexible to the time requirements of your team and the people you're hiring and the type of people you work with. Today, we're going to discuss how to free up our clients' schedules and to make our own work more meaningful. Today's guest is a co-founder, senior vice president, and cultural architect of Automation Anywhere. She helps get rid of the inefficiencies of manual work through seamless automations that make her clients' lives easier. Her software takes care of mundane tasks like data entry, compiling manual reports, and processing invoices for very large companies. This is... It's crud in my life and for my businesses, but if you can imagine just in large you know, enterprises, the level of crud, I'm just going to keep saying crud, um, that this takes up rather than being the core mission of the business is huge. So they're solving a really big problem here. The pandemic has proven the importance of automation to our everyday lives. There's immense potential in automation, more profitability, more productivity, and reduced workloads. So I'm really looking forward to learning more about this with our guest today, Niti Mehta. Niti, how are you today? Exciting to be here. Thanks for having me, AJ. So much is going on, as I was just telling the audience. Automation Anywhere is really exciting. What I really wanted to learn from you is, how do you see yourself, where do you see yourself on your entrepreneurial journey? Because you've been doing this for a while now. You were a co-founder, and now you guys, there are rumors out there or news articles, so I guess more than rumors, that you're even going to take the next step to go public. How do you see yourself as an entrepreneur now? Where are you on your journey? In some form or fashion, or that's what really excites you. Then it's really about falling in love with... I think entrepreneurship is a little bit of a way of life, and it's a mindset more than anything else. Entrepreneurship for me is really about a way of thinking or a way of working, really. And so being an entrepreneur means you, to some extent, always fall in love with the problem or finding a solution to a problem. And so in that aspect, I think the journey never ends, really. It's what's the next problem? How can we get it to the next level? What are we trying to solve for now? And uh, this entrepreneurship journey for me with Automation Anywhere has been really exciting because it keeps growing, it keeps changing, it keeps enhancing the problem in different ways, different challenges come up. And you're still trying to get that mission, trying to find it in different ways and trying to find different solutions to that problem. So 
I don't know if the journey really ever has different phases. It's just different problems and different challenges and different solutions that you can tap into to continue on the mission. I like that falling in love with you know, the concepts because to be a lover, you always have to be growing, you have to be learning, you have to be adapting in any type of relationship. But so your fascination in this, how do you see your skills as the entrepreneur now? Have you seen this changing for you over the, these years you've been doing this now? How do you see your capability now to solve problems, to fall in love with problems better or differently? I think you continue growing by always being open to possibilities. You don't know the answers to the next phase. You really have to go into that problem at that point. What does the industry look like? What are customers looking for at that point? What kind of employees are joining us? What kind of talent is available? What is the technology in itself? How mature it is? What is the product roadmap? What are the possibilities in artificial intelligence, for example, in this particular case, and so forth. So it really is being open to the possibilities and knowing that what got you to a particular spot may not be the, the exact thing that will get you to that next spot. And if you're open to those possibilities, opening to that finding of a solution that might be very different from what you would have thought of in a year or two years ago, or what you will in two years from now, then that's what gets you to that next level every single time. Do you find it more comfortable to be in that spot where you're not sure going in but you're comfortable that you will find the solution going through the process. I think that's the kick of entrepreneurship, actually, because it's exciting when you don't have the answers written down and you really have to find uh, the right way, try a couple of things. As I mentioned, be open to the possibilities, look for things that haven't been done in the industry before or haven't been really or have been done and learn from them so that you don't make the same mistakes. You can make a different set of mistakes, but not the same ones. So I <laughs> yes. think that's the exciting yes. part. No, it is. And I like that too, because you know the way I look at it is, there are so many times where it's like, I've made so many mistakes in my journey that I see them coming, but it's almost, oh, so what ones am I going to make this time? It's okay, I can do this a little faster and a little bit more certain that I will get to something in the end. But what is that X factor? I always wonder, yeah, to me, it's that X factor. But I like this idea of building it. And because you are covering so many aspects of where technology is going, and specifically with AI, and I know this is something I, I want to come back a little bit to where you are in your journey, but what are you finding really interesting? Because you were saying where the state is and where everything is. What are you finding interesting about what your involvement is with AI? So I think automation, at least for automation anywhere, right? Uh, if you look at the technology, automation is not something new. It's been there for a while. And ever since computers have come in, software has really been about automation. How can we make the computer or the uh, machine, so to speak, do something so that we can enhance what the human can do? That hasn't really changed in its premise, but traditionally automation was a long drawn out process and it wasn't very commercially viable for most processes. So organizations would say, yeah, this would be a perfect thing to automate, but it would be so cumbersome to actually automate because you'd have to hire developers, they're coding, it takes a year or two to map the process and code through it. And by the time the automations, the process has changed, compliance has changed, the business value prop has changed. And so it wasn't really economically feasible for most companies to automate very many tasks. 
they really had to be well thought of and put some good money and resources behind it in order to take the benefits of automation. Um, where Automation Anywhere came as an industry, RPA, robotic process automation, came to be because it needed to become more accessible. It needed to become more user-friendly and easy to implement so that you could automate something and it wasn't cumbersome to edit it or change the process or change compliance requirements and still take those benefits of automation. And then the artificial intelligence component came to be because people expected a certain level of intelligence from the automations. You want to know that, hey, if I'm automating a process and the home screen changed a little bit, everything shouldn't come to a standstill, for example, even something as simple as that. I think today's generation of human and machine interface expects that level of intelligence. And then also the learnings that you have. So for example, we have something called IQBot that takes into learning from many invoices, thousands of invoices, and then understands so that you don't have to handhold the process through that automation to that level. And so the combination of this accessible automation and artificial intelligence really changed the landscape for businesses and what they could accomplish in process automation. And that's our wheelhouse. That's what Automation Anywhere does. That's why this industry has been has seen so much growth, of course, but it's taken on by so many different verticals and industries because it, you, they can see the possibilities, uh, what that technology can do for their own businesses. It is fascinating just seeing what is, what's becoming possible. And while it's definitely not perfect, the idea that we're, and I'm going to date myself in this because my last programming days and automation days were 15 plus years ago, script level, script kitty level, a little more than that, but still seeing the things now and realizing just it was so fragile and it was so frustrating and like little bursts of capability and then disappearing now seeing things where it's going so much further and seeing how much further it's going to even come at this continuum value it's fascinating to watch when you're involved in this aspect what are the things you're looking for most from the ability to provide this for your customers and then looking at where you're going moving forward as a company with technology but as from your viewpoint uh, just coming out of this pandemic, right, if you think about what technology was able to help us do as a society, look at the challenges that came across in this across the world in every industry. People were looking for new solutions, new ideas, new ways to help their customers stay in business. And then healthcare, of course, had its own challenges. And all of these are, I think, in a way, societal progress. And look how fast we were able to deliver vaccines, look at how customers in hospitals were dealt with, or how the frontline workers stepped up to the mark, and how airline industry did what they did, and so forth. So the what technology will enable us to do, and I think we are on that path with Automation Anywhere, is become one of those catalyst technologies that allows for this level of innovation across industries and services, because that's what society needs now. And we need technology enablement so that we can deliver that next level of products and services for the world at large. And so that's what's interesting for me, that this will be used as a catalyst technology. This will be used, it's just one piece of the puzzle, but it will allow customers and partners to now dream bigger dream faster, dream easier, and serve their customers and partners and their ecosystem better. 
And that's what technology is all about. It's about human enablement. I like that because so much of having played around very much the edges and then looking at what you're doing, it does seem like more and more AI is enabling technology that the workflow doesn't have to be so developed where it's more of the logic and the reasoning behind it is where the focus should be or becoming where it's okay now that your tools will allow instead of a company to build up a huge lot of tools and everything, it's now your capabilities allowing them to focus on what do we need from a business process, from a business need case, and then to develop that out fuller rather than the layers. And maybe I have a few scars from development projects in the past where it was like, Things would start down a path, but then business case and tech case really would go in much different directions very quickly. It's the agility. So the agility of defining a new process for your customer. Just think again, coming back to the pandemic, suddenly everybody was canceling all their or their vacations or their trips. And the airlines had to suddenly now deal with, I don't know, thousands of more requests in a day than they ever had in the past. And they have to be able to step up and deliver that to their customers. And technology such as ours can help with that. And that's the key. How can we help businesses do what they need to do at a moment in time or deal with the challenges that they are facing? And if you do that well and you continue to help, help their, their processes reach that level, then that technology continues to grow and refine. And that's where we are touching back from where you are now. What do you feel like in your journey as one of the co-founders for automation, what do you think was the biggest change from the way that you were dealing with things? What did you take on to get where you are? What was that thing that, or one of many things probably, but what do you see as the biggest change for your journey? You're talking about a personal career? So like when you look at, okay, what enabled from your contribution or just you're seeing from the company from going along and getting to that next level? Because I know I've had many times, I've been able to launch companies and get them into the low seven figures and then everything gets choppy for me. And I find it very difficult in my skill set to grow past that. And that's why talking with people like you who have what well, that's where I get to learn. So it's like, what have you seen from your experiences that helped? And it doesn't even have to be the change beyond 10 million. Like businesses go through things where it's, oh, everything's going well and we're even growing nicely and things are going. And then all of a sudden it's, huh, we should be going great, but it's not. What have you seen as some of the things that helped you get through those transition points? So I'll try to answer it as a three point and hopefully that helps. One, and that every entrepreneur will agree and tell you the same. It's hard work. Every entrepreneur works, of course, I think almost because the mission is so important or the end result, the goal is so clear in their heads that the hard work is in a way easy because it's something that you believe in and you want to do it and you do it. But hard work is number one. Number two, I would come back to the problem and solution that we were talking about is not to fall in love with the solution, fall in love with the problem, because then you can be agile, you can change things, you can pivot, you can morph, you can see and react much quicker than you normally would. Because if you fall in love with the solution, hey, this is the solution and I'm married to it, then you forget that the challenge now require a different solution or requires a combination of things. or So you must fall in love with the problem, not the solution in that sense. 
And the third thing is bringing in, and this may not be completely in the hands of the entrepreneur, but it is again reaction to it, is bringing the industry needs and challenges and the technology development at the same point. Sometimes the technology is ahead of what industry needs. Sometimes the industry is ahead of what technology can deliver. So the industry demands are more. But when those two come together and you're able to meet what industry is asking for from a technology perspective, then it does boost you into that next phase. It does boost the system, the technology, the product, the company into that next phase so that you can grow exponentially. So I would say it's these three things. I like that a lot, especially in meeting, because having been doing various tech things since the early 90s, I've been involved in a lot of things that seemed so cool and seemed possible, but just weren't ready. And then 10 years later, oh, wait, you know, that same dead idea. Now the world has changed, technology. So how do you look to get a feel for where the two points are? How do you work on making sure that you have a good understanding of what's possible and what is needed to sell and engage and bring to your customers? There's no magic uh, way to do it. It's a little bit, of course, trial and error, talking to people constantly, meeting people, automation anywhere and robotic process automation. We've been around for 18 and only the last five or six, we've become so mainstream. But even in the early years, there were very clear indicators that this is going to help change the world. It's just a question of developing that stability in the technology, making sure industry is aware of how to use and how to make it mainstream, and then availing that into the industry. So it did take us a bit of time in that sense. But but again, it's if you believe in the mission and you believe in the steps that you're taking towards that mission and you're constantly evaluating what you can do better or how you can do differently and trying different things, then it, it comes to be. It's funny when you talk about evaluation, this is something from a lot of guests talked about the different types of ways they've done both formal and informal evaluation to keep themselves aligned or to find new opportunity on where they're going. There's been a few people who've talked about how COVID helped them reevaluate because their business model, they believed in the larger concept, but within the situation that happened definitely in the first couple of months where everyone was like, okay, <laughs> who's being able to use that input? Do you go through formal, obviously the company probably has formal, but do you use any processes in the way you evaluate where you're going and your contribution into that? I'm a firm believer that there's only one truth, and that's the customer. Anything else is an opinion. So the closer you are to the customer, the the better your understanding and the better your thought processes around it. So I, the more often I can meet a customer, every opportunity I can meet a customer, I will meet it because things change, of course, and the psyche of the customer changes. Customers in different industries have different thoughts, different ways of thinking. So the more you expose yourself to the customer, customer, the more informed your decision, no matter what that decision is. It could be a small decision for marketing. It could be a product roadmap decision. It could be how we go to market. It could be how the brand. But if you really have a pulse on the customer, then you're probably on the right path. Very cool. I noticed in looking at your background, I was mentioning before we started talking, you're very involved in other organizations like Chief, and I'm sorry, I'm pulling the blank. I just said it. Other word about helping female entrepreneurs, helping 
women be more involved. How long have you been involved in this type of program and where is that kind of coming from? I think from day one, probably even as, as early as I was in at university or the early part of my career, because I think women entrepreneurs, we've come a long way in the last 10 years. I think it's a much better ecosystem for women entrepreneurs now than it was 10, 15 years ago. But there's a lot more ground to cover. There's a lot more things we can offer other women. So Women for Women is a big part of what I do because we can transfer the learnings that we've had and help the next generation of women get there faster, easier, better, and then go. I think I've been involved in it right from the get-go. I've uh, run the Women's Empowerment Circle at Automation Anywhere for many years. I'm involved in things like Chief, of course, but I'm also involved in another entrepreneurial, women entrepreneurial journey called CXXO and things like that because I believe it's an ecosystem that requires different and many participants so that we can make it easier for women to become entrepreneurs and really grow in their careers. And I've taken just as much, I've learned just as much from other women entrepreneurs, and I hope to pay it forward. One thing I know, given the differences in culture and my awareness, obviously, in India is very limited. Do you see similar in the US as India or how do you see them differing for female entrepreneurs? I think the world as, as a whole, I think, has uh, got a little bit of a spotlight now on the growth of women, which is a great thing. And again, as I mentioned, a lot of work to be done, but we've definitely come a long way in the last 10, 15 years. And it's not just the women, of course, the men as well. There's a lot more visibility, a lot more intent um, to have different opinions and the diversification and inclusion. Yes. yes within the executive teams. And the US, of course, leads the world, I think, in many ways where this is concerned. There are many organizations that have brought that spotlight. And so has the world followed in different areas and different worlds. So it's hard to compare two countries or two areas or anything like that. But in general, I think women can, must and will. That's what I always say. But women across the world, I think, are leveraging each other and organizations are helping, I think, in many ways to bring that spotlight, to have more women show up. And the pandemic also has been pretty hard on women across the world in many ways because suddenly you're at home, kids are home, and there was all this other work that we had to step up to. And we need people to aid a little more in the next few years so that we don't lose what we've really gained and help women come back uh, to work a little bit more easily in a way, and also then continue to grow their own careers and how they contribute to society, how they contribute to solutions. And that's very important. So I'm excited because it's a great time for women. There's a lot of focus. There's a lot of people who are reaching out to help other women. And so we must take advantage of that and pay it forward, as I say, because maybe the next 10 women entrepreneurs will help ch change society in a way that we never could before. That is always the, the fun of being involved with entrepreneurs is the ideas that come out and the more people that are involved, the more new ideas that come out or the more possibilities of doing things that make the world better. And the more different voices, the more people, the more from a wider envi environment. As someone who grew up where it was like, you know, Diversity was like a very fine point in the early tech space. And then all of a sudden it has changed, but it's still so much further to go. But it just means more is possible. 
the more you have, the more is possible. So that is very cool you're doing. Looking at this, and you have, we were talking a little bit earlier before starting the recording about having children. How do you look at now, and there's this potentially big event in the future with the company, how do you look at success and what is success meaning to you? That's a tough one. I think to me, success means happiness and happiness. It can be in different ways. Happiness is when you have a mission and we do for the technology and we're able to work towards that mission, make that mission a reality. That's happiness. Happiness is when I am, I wanted to have many children and have a great career. And I'm able to do both. And that's happiness. So it's just what makes you happy and how you can contribute. And that's success to me. If you are happy, then you're successful. Very cool. I look at very similarly. I have children in similar ages to yours. For me, I jokingly said, I had been a multiple successful slash failed entrepreneur before my children, but they had been these wild flights of fancies and early waves and woo, it's a rocket ship and blew up. In becoming a parent, I found the way I looked at the world changed in that what I thought was success was no longer defined. My ego is still involved in all that, but it was more in this ability to create an environment where they could grow and become, as I, I jokingly say, I want them to be happy, but more that they're interesting and doing things that they're not, I don't want to give them a life, but I want to give them the potential to do interesting things. Do you see now that you're moving forward? And with your children getting older, <laughs> all the fun of seeing that is I'm like crying every day thinking about my son about to go off and with the company possibly going in public. Do you, do you see yourself setting up a legacy, you know, that you're developing a legacy for your children on what is possible or even a broader legacy? Yes and no. I have three daughters and for them to know that I could have a family as well as a career as well as really enjoy my work. And I hope that's what they take out of this so that they choose careers that they contribute to. They make progress and they are able to achieve their dreams, whatever they may be. That's what you leave them with. And I think that's what I would aim for, whether it's a technology, it's whether what Automation Anywhere can do in the next 10 years, for example, is the same thing. Hopefully, what society can do in the next 10 years, you take pride in all of those things that you hopefully gave them that leg up or gave them the values to go to that next level and be contributing citizens of the world. That's the game, the important thing, the effort. And I like that. And I can see, I mean, obviously, but with what you've been able to do, and then also you're helping others and contributing, giving back, giving forward, I can see that being a really good point for your children to as they grow up and they can see. I like to say it's, you know, it's not just that I tell them what to do because they ignore me completely when I tell them that, but my children, they see what's possible by what their mother, what I, what we do. And you, by being involved in the building of this incredible company, by your ability to give forward, by you helping your ability to help raise them and everything, it's all of a sudden, yeah, I know I strive for that to show what's possible for them. So that's pretty incredible what you're doing here. And, and you have children, so you know this, but the next generation, 
I think is so capable because every time you see them and the way they think and the way they look at problems and solutions and it excites me to see what they will do in their life and just leave the world a better place for sure. But it's how they will frame their society. That's very exciting to see because for them, technology is so inherently a part of what they do that the solutions come much easier to them than they did to us, I think, in many ways. And so it's really, I'm excited to see what the next generation will do. Cool. I thank you so much for coming on the show today. I agree. I think it is going to be so much what tools we give them. I am excited. I thank you so much for coming on the show because there is so much cool things that will be happening. And Automation Anywhere is definitely a company that is allowing so much of that to be able to happen. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me everyone. We've come to the end. This was great. Needy was such a great guest and I learned a lot. I hope you all learned a lot also. Definitely, I like the concept of bringing more talent into workplace and helping people really step because the more different types of opinions, the different types of people, the more involvement we have across everyone who's possible to join and help work in the economy the better everything is going to be. The more opportunities, more ideas, more fun this is going to be. So I'm really looking forward to thinking about a lot of what Needy said about how I can use it in my businesses. I know my team would love to learn how we can replace a lot of the boring manual work with Insight Labs as we go about helping other companies grow with more automation and to give our team more time to innovate. This will be a lot for us to learn. So if you want to learn more about Needy or Automation Anywhere, Look at the show notes below. We'll have links to everything. And yeah, really, she's doing a lot of really interesting things beyond automation anywhere. So please check that out. And as always, why not follow Beyond 8 Figures on social media so you too can be part of a strong community of rising entrepreneurs? Have you replaced any manual tasks with automation in your company? Do you use Zap? What are the tools you like to use? How's it been going? Why don't you share with us and let us know? All right, everyone. Have a wonderful day. I can't wait to talk to you again. Goodbye. This episode of Beyond Eight Figures is over, but your journey as an entrepreneur continues. So if we can help you with anything, please just let us know. And if you like this episode, please share it with someone who might learn from it. Until next time, keep growing and find the joy in your journey. This is AJ, and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye-bye.